Hey guys, welcome back to Who Watches the Watchers. My name is Ian. I'm Paul Damien. And hey, this is Kenny. And this week we're talking about Ronin Island. It's a 12 issue, I guess the I guess the terminology is maxi series, but it's just it's just 12 issues. Um, it's written by Greg Pak and the art is by Yanis Milonoyanis, which I believe he's Greek. And I had okay. to look up the pronunciation of his name. <laughs> no, I mean that's it's a pretty that's a pretty big last name. Yeah. yeah. I mean, then uh, it was good to get it right. Yeah. And so uh, if anyone's interested in trying to figure out how to spell his name, uh, it should be written all over this episode. <laughs> There's also, um, I'm pretty sure, a basketball player named yeah, Giannis, Giannis, and I, yeah. isn't it spelled the same way? It is spelt the exact same okay. way. Yeah. There you he, go. He illustrated the book. <laughs> the, ba- the basketball, <laughs> the player, basketball right. player what team is he on is he uh dallas mavericks he's on the mavericks okay. i'm on the I think uh, so. washington thunderbirds <laughs> if i'm wrong um i don't know anything about sports really so don't yeah that's get mad at me that's fine um but yeah this book is about i guess ronin's and an island yeah it's funny i, I was like i want to read a samurai book and so yeah. this is what we landed yeah. on with the very yeah uh on the nose name of ronin island yeah um, it was honestly the book itself was nothing of what i expected really so yeah. uh, let's talk about that what did you expect I expected more, like, just feudal, like, fighting and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, that's one thing that I will parade this book is Mm -hmm. that it the dialogue is very friendly. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, you know, it's very modern. Yeah. Uh, Can you bend your mic just a little bit more towards your face? Yeah, that's perfect. No, I mean, this Mm. is, I mean, this could literally be like a Disney series. Yeah. It got kind of made into a, you know, into an animation or something like that. It's very like Disney or like a family friendly esque. Mm -hmm. You know, there was never a moment of this that got so violent that I was like, oh, a kid kid couldn't read this. I mean, there's like, because I feel like there's blood and there is like. But I feel like, uh, like. Disney and Pixar kind of push that agenda just a little bit, like that yeah. a stab scene is pretty much acceptable yeah. enough. You know what I mean? That's about as bad as it gets, in my opinion. You know? So I was kind of blown away that, yeah, this is, you're right, a very uh, casual, you yeah. know, Ronin story. <laughs> I mean, they do kill some soldiers. Yeah, I mean, there is there is some beheading. There is, there is yeah. like, uh, one, one issue that got me pretty good when I was like, because I had that same feeling. I was like, this could be like the next Avatar, The Last Airbender mm-hmm. or something. One issue that really got me was when, what is his name? Master Ito yeah. turned and like he like started to flip out. And then there was also those that doctor experimenting on people yes. and like turning them into the Bionin. Okay, Bionin. I was curious how y'all would say it. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, it. that's the issue where I was like, oh no, this can't. I was thinking like Disney XD, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. But then when that issue came up, I was like, ooh, this is Hulu. I'm just yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I can see that. I would love an animated, not even like a series, just a movie on it. That would be awesome. That would be perfect. Yeah. Because yeah. like it does feel like towards the last three or so issues that it it's kind of stretching some stuff to be longer than maybe it should have been because the one thing about this book is there's a lot of factions a lot of sides Mm -hmm. and they kind of flip around a little too much yeah i would agree with that Hi, little baby. It's kind of hard to keep up with who's on whose side. Not t- entirely, but a little bit of just like, okay, wait, now who's fighting who? You know, like for, <laughs> exactly. kind of a couple of pages. And there, there are actually a couple of moments where I thought the dialogue was a little. Uh, 
I mean, a lot of the dialogue is really good, but there was a couple of moments where the dialogue didn't totally line up for me. Like uh, how they would react to each other? Yeah, exactly. And I was kind of like, that was like a weird interaction that didn't yeah, totally feel natural or, you know, so yeah. there's like a little bit of weakness in, I feel like, maybe the dialogue of this book. But I thought overall the story was like a neat little yeah book to tell you know what i mean mm-hmm. i i did enjoy it for what it was and it was incredibly digestible i mean yeah. i sat down and pretty much read most of this in a single sitting which i thought was good um there was no part you know it wasn't too heavy in dialogue that i was like dredging through it or anything like that i felt like it was pretty balanced and like some nice artwork i think the artwork oh, is definitely what pretty much artwork yeah, yeah. It, it what stands out above the crowd and everything um but with the story that's like approachable enough for mm-hmm. us, us sure enough and close enough to what i was wanting in a ronin yeah. style book um that I, I could uh, enjoy getting through this. Um, let's talk about our two main characters, mm-hmm. Hana and, ooh, what's his name? Ken, Kenichi. Kenichi. Kenichi, yes. Yeah. So in the first issue, it, they have a very um, budding of heads, still very Disney Channel movie style. Can't tell mm-hmm. if they're friends or not. Right, exactly. Kind of yeah. and, and it Frenemies. Kind of, Exactly. Yeah. And it kind of gives the impression of like, ooh, these people could have been friends at one point. And sure enough, like through backstory, through uh, flashbacks, we mm-hmm. see a lot of their growing. How did you feel about their uh, – let's talk about Hana first. How did mm-hmm. you feel about Hana's kind of whole look at the island? Mm-hmm. And her relationship to it as being obviously like a Korean girl, you know, right. living on this Japanese island, I guess is what we're supposed yes. to understand I mean, I could, I could definitely understand like why she would feel the way she felt, you know, because it – I mean – there's a huge hierarchy, even hierarchy. hierarchy gosh, yeah, you got speak. it. Even today, like in that side of the earth. So, I mean, yeah. like they hated everybody. Exactly. <laughs> like that unfortunate, realistic yeah. look at the world and the way yeah. people have been treated. You know what I mean? Um, mm. That we have to just accept that that's how it would have been if this yeah. was, situation was going on, you know? And then like, but like, it's just... I love the fact that there's such a huge contrast between these two characters. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, he's obviously, like, from a noble family, and they treat her like she's dirt. And I feel like his mom, if anything, is what's yeah. meant to really drive home the, <laughs> yes. the differences between them. You know, if anything, they're, like they're yeah, their their interactions with each other, like the, oh, they could have been friends, where she's like the, no, they are from entirely <laughs> yeah, different worlds, exactly. and this is the force to prove it, you know? It's interesting that she has such a... Um, like such a outward feeling towards you know different people than her own type of person, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, broadly speaking. When her husband was like very much the opposite, yeah. you know, we see glimpses of Kenichi's father, and he is you know he he is like one with the island and yeah. whoever's on the island, he is going to protect. He's advocating right. for all the people of the island. Yeah. yeah, it's very interesting that you know we don't get a lot of how that whole family dynamic works because i guess he dies pretty quickly mm-hmm. and then like we see kenichi wearing the armor later so maybe we could even assume that the mom's so aggressive because she could even blame the death oh. of the father on you know these foreign people and the fact that he right. died protecting these you know yeah. others you know like she it could just be even like outward you know outrageous like emotions like that you know yeah. or like reasoning behind that you know so i could even believe that that's like why she's such a crazy person about it yeah i think this book does <laughs> trying not to say bitch <laughs> i mean yeah <laughs> um they really wrote her to just be like ah yeah she's just always yelling you know? <laughs> <laughs> um this book does a very good job of 
kind of blatantly telling you everything that Hana struggles with mm-hmm. while underlining everything Kenichi struggles with while showing both of them arc and grow so well, I think, off of each other. Because mm-hmm. this is this book is full of them just literally bouncing off of each other. Yes. You know what I mean? And I think that it does a fucking great job, like, telling this story. Um, how do you feel about, I guess, where everyone ends in yeah. the end because i mean it it kind of leaves it open-ended do you think that we could get a sequel to this they could i mean there's easily this is a story they could easily expand on if they wanted to i mean there's a lot left unanswered i feel like you mm. know what i mean there are, there is plenty left exactly left open-ended that they could keep going do we need more of this yeah you think so no oh, no oh. i'm like, <laughs> like do we need more i'm, of this I'm like tilting my head like yeah, yeah. yeah. i like the I like just the standalone story. Yeah. Yeah. Aspect so you it. like it yeah. kind of contained as to these 12 shot. issues. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you, let me see. So the Bionin are mm, zombies. They look like. They're somewhere between The Last of Us and yeah. zombies, you know, because it's obviously like a fungal infection. I really yeah. thought The Great Wind was a cool, you know, kind of concept that this played with too. That's like that great idea of just like, you know, a disease being carried you know, airborne. through the airborne in such an intense way that it's like you can see it coming yeah. for you in a cloud, you know, and that's like that's like a menacing idea. That's I like it because it gives me very uh X-Men versus Inhumans oh, vibes yeah. when the Terragenesis mm. cloud is running around and it's just like destroying every X-Men it touches. I liked that it I it gave me that that's what I literally was thinking of when yeah. we got those scenes of the first first yonin tree you know right. that like really released all the spores i was i had literally was thinking of the last of us and i was thinking of the terragenesis mm-hmm. cloud from inhumans yeah. and i was like this is it's just a cool idea and it's such a terrible force to have to imagine because it's like something that would be realistically nearly impossible to outrun especially if you were in the direction the wind was blowing you know what i mean it's nothing you could just on foot get away from you know <laughs> yeah do you so. think do you think it would have been cool cuz this is uh, maybe a complaint of mine. Do you think it would have been cool or it would be cool if we got a prequel series to this talking about the great wind and before I guess the gases and the mm-hmm. fungal infection were backwards engineered to make the bionin mm-hmm. cuz it seems like the great wind just straight up killed people. Yeah. It didn't like turn, turn them, them into these things. Right. And, and so it, I, I find it interesting that we never saw that. We just literally saw skulls with mushrooms growing off of them. Do yeah. you think that would be a cool idea to kind of explore backwards or? I, I think it would be cool, but I don't think they should spend like more than two or three issues on it. Oh, yeah. Like just a really short thing just to flush out more of the story. Yeah. I I find it very interesting that we never really saw the Great Wind. Yeah, yeah. I, I I know it sounds funny, but in a way, I think that could be a cooler story of like Ronan surviving exactly yeah. that, and just a giant cloud killing everyone, and kind of the chaos that would ensue of it, like destroying the Shogun and killing you know the yeah. like leading samurai, you know, and things like that. I think that's kind of a neat story that could be told, but maybe even outside this universe you know like maybe done in like a grittier kind of style i think would be really something i'd want to see that in i would love to see it yeah a darker look at this yeah exactly like the struggle for power after everything goes to crap exactly you know like how humans would react and especially like in that era and time Mm -hmm. period because i really still want to read something a little bit more like feudal yeah feudal (laughs) real real samurai you know I'm, i'm playing a 
Tsushima? Shadows Die Twice. That's oh, what I'm okay. playing oh, in okay. uh, Sekiro again. It's just really got me exactly. I'm about to go back to Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> I'm just really in a mood for something, yeah, fuel. <laughs> like something that word. You can chop real hard at. Exactly. Um, let's talk about uh, Master Ito and Elder Jin. They were the leaders of this island. Mm-hmm. Do we mm-hmm. get a name of the island? It's literally just called the it island. It's called the island throughout the whole thing. That's it's, pretty cool, I think. It's mm-hmm. the island from Lost. <laughs> and I thought it was kind of <laughs> hilarious. We did it, I guess I didn't realize or they didn't do a good job explaining the earlier issues, but once we, they got back to it later on, it's like really close to shore. Like you can just see it. Yeah. If you just mm-hmm. go. So I was like kind of confused on they how it was. follow the shore. Yeah. I was like, how is it so baffling trying to find this island? It's, you can <laughs> see the island from mainland, you know? So I was kind of, um, but you know, I do like that it was just called the island and it's more of an ideal than even a place because that's mm-hmm. something we even get told is that the island isn't a place. And you're just like, what? <laughs> and then we didn't get any more thought on that. <laughs> See, just like Lost. Yeah. Just like Lost. Just like Lost. <laughs> um, this book is pretty cool. Yeah. How do you guys feel about Master um, Ido and, and Elder Jin? Because I was pretty shocked to see Ido die so quickly. Really? Yeah. How, how do you feel about these characters? I kind of expected him to die mm-hmm. um, as soon as he left the island. Once he oh, left yeah. Ireland to go on the journey with them, I was like, he has to die for their character development. Yeah. He has to die yeah. for their overall arc. So I was waiting for it. I enjoyed the way it happened. I didn't enjoy it, but, you know, yeah. I enjoyed it. <laughs> it was cool. It was great storytelling. Uh, I really enjoyed. It was heartbreaking. Yeah, go out like a hero, you know. They had great character development throughout the whole uh, story. Yeah. And it was awesome. Um, <laughs> I feel like. I mean, I liked Master Ito a lot. I don't know how I feel about Elder Jin because I felt like her, she's one of those characters that her alliance kept kind of swapping and for no reason that we were really totally understandable. And especially towards the end when she (laughs) like, is like, nope, not letting you on the island. And then next issue, she's like, I'm here to help so you can get back to the island. It's like (laughs) right at the beginning. What changed? I (laughs) I think that that comes from like, you know, waiting month to month. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Where it's like, fuck, I need this issue to end in a way that's like what's going to keep them coming back next week and Were the first six issues longer than the second six because that I was the other know. thing i felt I think like all i think around the same i'm what, gonna look real quick what's weird is i think this book was supposed to be five issues at first and then it kind of got expanded into 12 which blows my mind because there's a lot that happens in the later issues mm-hmm. that kind of like damn was this all on a whim that he kind of just like pluck this out like right you know what i mean like how does that how does that come to be that's um, so crazy I mean, these I mean just they they probably presented it to somebody mm-hmm. and he had a really, lot more ideas that the person like really liked it and was like okay let's make it 12 issues <laughs> it's people like, are gonna love this it's like, kind of like tom king's vision almost you know yeah. I mean? where it's like i have more to tell than what we thought initially so let's just keep you know, it stretch going stretch it out yeah. just a little bit more yeah <clears throat> yeah no uh, elder Jin's like alliances kind of messed with me towards the end mm-hmm. i think it was like issue nine and ten or something like that but that was just one thing i was the reason i was asking about the length of them is that i really felt like the first six there was like two endings to every issue there was like oh. a mid moment that had like a moment where i was like okay this is gonna be the last moment and then the, then the comic kept going and i was like oh and then it had a second <laughs> moment where i was like oh and then it said the to be continued and i was like okay this is the end but i really felt like they had these like mid 
like cliffhangers cliffhangers exactly yeah. that i was like oh this is the big cliffhanger and then it was just oh nope it, it's still going you know yeah. like that was a really interesting <laughs> writing decision on how the pacing of these comic books was for me is it that, felt um, yeah very cliffhanger full. yeah it's I almost i it, felt like there was like two small comics mm-hmm. two small issues in written into every single issue especially on the earlier six i think you know yeah i think it's because of the way they switch from kenichi to hannah, hannah. To, yeah, yeah. So it just it feels like a cliffhanger because it's transitioning to it's kind of written like a a series in that way that they have multiple characters to keep up with. So they're having to jump between like, okay, Mm -hmm. now leave this person on this cliffhanger. Let's go see what this person's up to for a little while. Written very much. Yeah. I feel like the two main characters had mm, I'm going to lump Sato into this also. I feel like those three characters, Hana, Kenichi and Sato, I felt like rang true every time yeah yes i loved it sato was my favorite character in this i yeah. was gonna wait a minute to talk about him but i think he was the closest thing to what i was wanting to read about yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but i thought he had one of the best arcs in the story and exactly i feel like he rang true to what we were given like this is who this guy is these are what his ideals are and he didn't flip-flop from them constantly right. throughout kind of like we felt like a lot of everybody else did um i thought he was really well written in a in a in a good samurai you know yeah. in the way that he was designed yeah i mean how do you feel about sato i really enjoyed sato as well um but my favorite character was hannah oh really honestly. yeah hannah's yeah. i mean pretty cool i enjoyed her character arc as well i really love the fact that she's fighting for the island even though she hates it yeah you know there's like that she, very like tearful ending where yeah. she kind of has like her whole exposition and like spells it out for everybody like growing up on this a- island was hard yeah and i'm still doing this for you fucking people you know what <laughs> i mean it's uh it's so good it there's like a lot of you know the 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 racial stuff in this book it I obviously none of us can talk on this. This happened. Yeah. This would have happened, you know, hundreds of years ago. And on top of that, none of us are of any kind of, you know, or Asian descent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's it's interesting to see these kind of prejudices uh, be aligned in this book because I wasn't fully aware of this kind of idea. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I can only assume a lot of it rang true for the era it's trying to portray. You know Definitely. what I mean? <clears throat> I mean, I. Sadly enough, racism's been a big part of our culture the entire time humans have been alive, basically. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I can imagine it was horrible. Yeah. Um, I I, I liked Hannah's struggle throughout this. I just feel like that it was kind of like, I don't want to call it generic, you know what I mean? But it was like the story we were meant to follow, you know what I mean? I really like Sato, and if anything, I really like Kenichi, because I always like Mm -hmm. the idea of like, someone who's been born with a silver spoon in their mouth having to have it ripped out and learn kind of reverse to like be a decent person you know what i mean like oh i've had all these liberties my whole life and now i need to learn that that was just me having these things and without them i have to just be an actually decent person and i think his arc kind of does that and especially in his decision to go back and fight for the island you know what i mean we see a lot of selfish decision from him um and really the only shitty thing i think he does the whole comic is decide to hire bandits yeah you know what i mean like that was like the one thing but i felt like that was once again like kind of out of character for him in that moment i was actually kind of blown away that he was like let's go fucking kill the shogun i was like bro where where does this like murdery kind of attitude coming from all of a sudden i can see that coming from him just because he's like a child you know that's his first like real world experience i mean yeah it's it's he 
I don't know. Kenichi is interesting to me mm-hmm. because he is he he makes mistakes and like the mistakes really force it into this book. You know what I mean? They're they're very prevalent whenever they happen. Yes. And they fuck up the the alignment that Hana's trying to like line up, I guess. I don't know. It's this this book is full of mistakes made by everybody and yeah. and it's just it's it's crazy that I don't know, it just lines up in a way that really fucks everybody over in the mm-hmm. end. You know what I mean? Oof. <laughs> um <laughs> uh this there is Let's talk more on Sato because mm-hmm. he he is living to the code. Mm-hmm. He yes. refuses to be Ronin, and he. I really like when we get his backstory, and it basically explains it. Where he's like, "I was in the middle of all the shit and was lost, and I followed a guy who I trusted, who then became Shogun, and this is his fucking kid, and I'm just protecting him. Yeah. That is what we do. This is the, and it's just you know what I mean exactly. He's just living to the code that he has always lived by, and he's like the most honest person, exactly who he is. And that you're, I mean, you're right. That's what makes him such, in my opinion, what makes him kind of the most noble character to stand out in this story is that he's just the one person that we can tell that before even the beginning of this story. This is who he was. You know, he was a samurai loyal to his shogun. Yeah. Uh, And so it rationalizes so much of the shitty actions he chooses to make. And it's not like rationalizes them, but gives you why he would be that way. And I liked that the shogun was just like the shitty son to what was probably just a good friend of his. It would become, you know what I mean? It's like, imagine if one of us became, you know, the boss and, you know, then had a shitty son and it's like, and then died. It's like, well, now we have to protect that shitty son. The shogun of the world. Yeah, exactly. The boss of the, <laughs> the boss of the world. The boss of the world. Um, the shogun is kind of the opposite of Kenichi, mm-hmm. where he is born into you know nobility and like like you were saying the silver spoon in his mouth, and we see like the very opposite sides of that, where Kenichi is trying to be noble and for the island, but he kind of doesn't understand why. Mm-hmm. And while the the shogun is you know just taking and doing whatever the fuck he wants. Um, Let's talk about the Shogun. I was what a little bit. I was astonished to find out that he was the one making the Bionin. Yeah, me too. I, I found didn't that, expect it. I really didn't. I found that like a strange um, turn. Yeah, that the book had to commit to for the rest of the series. That I felt like, oh man, that's. I can't imagine writing that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like having to write somebody that created the main antagonist of this book basically and having to prolong it i guess and and so like the way the book manifests that is by having the bionin like blend into each other and make giant bionin which i found ridiculous yeah <laughs> well and it, i mean the whole scene where we see basically the lab where they're creating the bonin bionin felt incredibly out of place like nothing had we seen up to that point had been technologically advanced to that point so to yeah. see all of that i was like well this is like incredibly jarring you know like, <laughs> oh they got lights and shit yeah <laughs> and they're like using test tubes and they have them in like in glass containers i was like we, I mean, like we hadn't even seen anyone really use glass yeah. in the rest of this you know comic mm-hmm book so I, exactly there's just some weird elements that didn't totally fit together and you're absolutely right the fact that they were like oh now we can conveniently control them so how are we going to make them uncontrollable again oh they they merge yeah <laughs> just, they go crazy man um i feel like we're shitting on this book a little bit but i mean it, it's yeah i mean but it, it, this is like in my opinion like 
not subpar. That sounds like a more mean way to say. It. I guess like this is like for a lot of things we've been reading, like Little Bird and stuff. Uh, into this point, I've yeah. just been like Eisner winning, you yeah. know, and like these really great reads. This is definitely a good show, like a much more casual, like um, less committed writing. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. feel like this was a like very casual write for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were just kind of like having a good time doing this and not really trying to put out the next great Ronin yeah. story. You know? Yeah. Um, let's take a really quick break, and then when we come back, we'll finish talking about Ronin Island. Ooh. Welcome back to Who Watches the Watchers. Hey, good job. Hey, yo. What are we talking about? We're talking about Ronin Island. Who wrote it? Uh, dang, I got Greg Park. <laughs> yeah, Greg Park. <laughs> and narrated, I mean, narrated. <laughs> illustrated. Narrated by me, illustrated by Giannis, the basketball player. Right. Yeah. From the, the Dallas from the basketballs. Mavericks. From right. the Dallas basketballs. Yes. Um, Kenny's putting a cat up to the mic. He's purring. I just want to see if you could hear it. Well, you no. can't. He's a good little furball. Um, this book, yeah, we're talking about Ronin Island. Yeah, Disney does Ronins. It, <laughs> it it could be adapted pretty well by Disney or something. I think Nickelodeon mm-hmm. is on the nose too, because with things like Avatar: The Last Airbender, which definitely don't shy away from things like death. Even though I did watch a YouTube video that showed all the different ways they avoid saying the word kill, oh. and it's kind of hilarious because they'll be like end me or it'll be like execute him or you know just be like basically any other way they can avoid saying the word kill yeah um but uh i think yeah nickelodeon would be a little bit more uh willing to maybe do like the darker elements exactly like stabbing and things like that yeah yeah this is yeah i mean it ends with uh basically a giant bionin that looks like an oni it like i thought that was interesting it has like a necklace yeah yeah, it like (laughs) it full-on like digivolves into like a fucking huge demon and it's pretty sick Mm -hmm. the final battle and um what is sato is what kills the he kills the uh, shogun in the end right? yeah he kills yeah, the shogun who does. turns yeah yeah oh yeah because the shogun even turns into a bionin because the giant oni turns into a bionin tree and mm-hmm. lets out all the spores um i did not know that shogun was like king i didn't know that's what that word was <clears throat> i think it's like the the highest position in like samurai oh in like the army or yeah, something. yeah so because i think i mean they had an emperor but then oh, the shogun okay. is like the yeah exactly like the leader of the military essentially it's like the highest ranking samurai like a general in yeah sorts, right? exactly yeah. that's interesting um he was a complete dickhead mm-hmm. and probably wasn't a samurai <laughs> and just written to just be a complete super dickhead mm-hmm. and there was no real motive behind him other than just I, he wanted what he wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also the bandits led by, I wrote his name down. It was, the bandits were led by Yoshi. <laughs> Yo, that was his name. Yeah. He was a, he was a big old uh, Goldberg looking yes. motherfucker. He was a song, Yoshi. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Perfect. That was me. I made that noise. Yes. Yes, you did. Um, and he, he dons the gold armor that the, the Shogun originally tried to give to Kenichi. Which, by the way, he looked so badass. He looked way more badass oh, well, in the gold armor. He did, yeah. Because yeah. it was, like, size appropriate to him. I think that was a joke that it was, like, way too big for Kenichi. You know? Yeah. Um, how did you feel about 
I guess our first appearance of the Shogun where he is like, oh, Hana saved you guys? No, fuck that. Who's this guy? And <laughs> and he like goes and like starts like loving on Kenichi. How did you feel about that whole scene? Um it it was it felt a little forced, but at the same time I can see it from like a pompous you right. know, kid like that. Like he, he the shogun, see, yeah, is, he, yeah. He never see he's never seen a woman do anything for all we know. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, she didn't do shit. And she's foreign. This dude's got armor. <laughs> like he's got armor. He looks he looks cool. Kenichi's armor is dope. Yeah, he has that red bird on his chest. No, yeah. I really like their like family. Yeah, logo that was on their their yeah. armor. A lot of the design work in this book is fucking sick. Mm-hmm. I think. The one thing that we can definitely parade for this book is the look of it because it looks gorgeous mm-hmm. all the way through. Absolutely. Um, who else do we have? We have the other uh, Teamsters that helped out along the way, like Chakan and mm-hmm. Boonsri. Mm-hmm. Um, they were Thai, yes, if I'm Thai. remembering correctly. And um, they definitely attached to Hana almost immediately, all being foreign to the land. Yes. Um, how did you feel about that whole aspect of like, it was more than just Hana and and Kenichi trying to get back to the island. It was a whole new crew of people, even some people who have like um, betrayed the Shogun or traded sides from the Shogun. How did you feel about that? I thought it was a really interesting aspect because it's it's Kenichi essentially doing what his father did. Oh yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, although he wasn't really necessarily the one doing it, it was Hana. Mm-hmm. But you can kind of see them. As the same character, they're both the protectors of the island, you know? Yeah. So, in a way, they're the same characters, and in a lot of ways, they're not the same character. That's a good point. Uh, Yeah, I mean, they definitely feel like two sides of the same archetype of a character. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's what we're kind of meant to get, and that's even what I feel like Ito and... uh, Uh, Jin. Jin are. I feel like we get a lot of that, where we kind of get the two halves of a coin, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, And seeing how they interact and eventually react from each other yeah um the last character i have written here that we haven't mentioned is halmani and she is the woman that took care of the cat oh it's her left right it's her cat yeah Yeah. (laughs) so that scene because i don't know if you guys noticed at the beginning of the book the cat was pretty thin Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the book, the it's cat fat. was pretty chubby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I thought that that scene was pretty funny at the very beginning when Hana was like, I'm leaving. Can you watch over the cat? And she was like, oh, I thought it was my cat. Because mm-hmm. it's like that's a very stray cat thing to do or mm-hmm. just go from person to person just begging for food until you get fat and chubby. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's everybody. It's to them. It's yeah. everybody's cat. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that cat kind of pissed me off in the end because it was like it was like like giving a side eye to Hana, like get away from me. It's like. Fucker, I she fed you, you little fucking asshole. I think the cat is a symbolic reflection that the island does care for its own in a, in a oh, long way. You know, yeah. like it, through community, they do eventually care. Because I mean, the, the thing is, is like Han, Han, you know, Hana kind of complains that the island wasn't there for her in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways, they weren't. But then she does have characters like Ito and what was that character? Halmoni. Halmoni, who have blatantly been there for her entire life you know what i mean in some way or another and so it's like that classic thing of just having to look at your counter blessings you know look at what you actually have and stop trying to look at what you don't have you know right so i think in a way the island always was kind of there for her you know and that's why she is loyal to protect it because it 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 has the ideal of being better and there is the almost like the the impression of it you know what i mean if not the total ideal ideals being withheld 
Know what I mean? Yeah. I, you know, I know what you mean. You know what I mean? Yeah, you um, know what I mean. <laughs> I just lean into it. Uh, um, so it's, it's, it's a good book. I, I definitely recommend this book. Um, I think this is a great book for anybody is what yeah, I would even say for this. You know what I mean? Like anybody could read this in, or like you got a niece or nephew that's in, like in middle school who wants to read a comic book. Give them Ronan Island. This is great for all ages. Mm. You know, this is a good starter book for mm-hmm. sure, especially some for someone who is younger and who hasn't ventured out of the norms of like Spider-Man and Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this book ends in an open-ended kind of way, um, Kenichi stays on the island, right? And Hana leaves it to look for more people who have been abandoned mm-hmm. yeah. during the whole Bionin thing. Yeah, because the Shogun had a lot of followers and they got kind of scattered in all the chaos. So she's going to go try to find... Collect yeah. them. She's going to so collect them all. Sato chooses to go with her right. to help because she's like, if you're going to interact with my people, I should be with you. And Kenichi wants to go, but he... Shouldn't go. He's the symbolic the ruler he's, of this island. He's now Sato, kind of. You know what I mean? Like well, he's, he's Ito, Master Ito. Right. That's what yeah. I meant. Yeah, he's Ito. Master Ito essentially now. That's so cool that they kind of like assume these different roles mm-hmm. that they were kind of destined for. See, I thought from El- the beginning. I thought Elder Jin was going to die, and oh, you know, yeah. Hana was going to kind of take her role. I was really expecting that by the end of the story. So I was surprised she survived the, everything. You know. Yeah. I want to mention okay. when she says, no, no more people in the island. And then uh, Kenichi's like, now we have, we are out of the circle. You know what I mean? Like, cause there's that whole practice flashback where they are, they had to fight each other in the circle, push each other out of the circle, mm-hmm. much like sumo wrestling. Yeah. And then they're like, now <laughs> uh, Ido was like, now everyone has to try to push you guys out of the circle and you guys work together. Now we defend the circle. Yeah. yeah. That. that fucking ending of that issue was fucking so sick where you see the two little versions of them, those little boogers mm-hmm. that they are, <laughs> and then fully grown and they're surrounded by Sato's or the Shogun's men. Mm-hmm. Um that fucking that got me. I was like, damn, this is fucking dope. Uh it's 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 dope. Yeah, I really fucking enjoyed that part. Mm-hmm. I, I loved how they kept doing contrast between them being younger and older mm-hmm. within those what was it like two or three issues yeah. where they did it like side by side flashbacks as they were going along. And I always love that shit in storytelling when you get to exactly see like a younger version and then they're grown in self and see how they obviously contrast against each other. And another really powerful moment that kind of lines up with those is like when we oh, see right. them, they, you know, mourning uh, over Ito and the little bit of ash that he managed to collect of his body. But I, this book did have a lot of small incredibly powerful moments where the the storytelling really does find like line up and come together for these kind of endings that are just like <laughs> you know little tear jerkers and both of those i think were kind of the more powerful moments in this yeah comic i've cried a thousand for sure. times i'm gonna cry some more <laughs> exactly macho man <laughs> this is the longest this cat has ever just chilled with me by the way i just want to say i've been holding him for about 10 minutes guys and it is amazing he's just chilling no yeah you're right on the dot it's we're at 11 minutes <laughs> Um, do you have any closing remarks about this book? Uh, no, it's just, just, hey guys, read it. Yeah. (laughs) It's very enjoyable. Honestly. It's a very good looking book. Um, it lasted all of 11 minutes. He just jumped out of Kenny's hands. Um, It was never meant. (laughs) It's like a shooting star. It's passing beauty, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think of anything else we should mention about this book. Oh, if you like zombies and stuff like that, 
don't read it because they kill a lot. Of <laughs> so, true. You might be a little upset. I thought you were going to say the opposite, like this book got him. <laughs> <laughs> I was really fully expecting this to be more about zombies and the survival of zombies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah, it, mm-hmm. it turned into much more human conflict than i expected especially when the first issue was like here's an island of just perfectly normal people and then zombies you know <laughs> it's like oh my god okay here we go but that wasn't yeah it really didn't stick with that it was yeah a lot more uh, like i said human conflict than i expected there's a scene i do want to mention this there's a scene where hana i guess she's she views a flashback i'm not necessarily sure which flashback it, it shows us uh-huh. but she takes it upon herself to go and stab sato through the chest and it's because she had given him several times or several chances to side against the shogun, the shogun, and proven that he is not like going to, and so she does that. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was pretty powerful because I'd never expect a main character to do something like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's it 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 kind of shook me. I was like, wow, that's that's a different way of telling the story mm-hmm. that she would do that be like you've pushed me this far i you know like so here we are i liked her and sato's relationship that's something we didn't really Mm -hmm. touch base on but i like that dynamic of like you know teacher to student where it's like there's like a lack of respect and a total um you know high respect between them you know where he's like you're still a foreign girl you know but (laughs) i know you're an insanely good warrior so i'm gonna give you one of my swords and support you you know like that was pretty cool. I liked that bit when she's in the water and he's like, you're getting my sword wet. <laughs> she's like, you gave it to me. And like, then Kenichi like calls her out for having his sword. Yeah. Like, I can't believe you're still siding with him. I uh, really liked that. Because that would be such a struggle. You know, that this is a true samurai who has accepted her in his eyes. So it's like, you know, she would be torn and would want him to be on her side. So that mm. makes so much sense that she'd be so upset to finally have to be like, fuck, you're choosing the wrong side for the last time, bud. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is not a big thought read. You know, this is something very casual. If you want to read something that is going to tell you exactly what it was trying to and not leave you with anything, a lot to think about afterwards, this is great. But it presented it in a beautiful package. I mean, that's really, if you want to read some good ass art with an okay story, I think this is pretty much where we're at on personally (laughs) on this one. As as much as it is an okay story, it does have those very powerful Mm -hmm. moments that I will parade it. And there's there is one at least per issue. So, I mean, yeah. it's it's worth it in the long run. Definitely. Um, I do have a guest mm. that I can bring on, and they're going to talk about Ronan Island. Um, let me see if this is going to work. I have Dr. Phil McGraw here. Oh, what? From Dr. Phil. <laughs> and he he called in because he wanted to, to give his two cents about Ronan Island. Oh, can he give more than just like two cents? Uh, he has a... Uh, a few things to say. Let, let's hear what let's hear what he has to say. I think Ronan Island is a perfect meditation of how the different cultures come together and blend as one. I think it's beautiful and poignant and rich with history. The only thing is, I wish it had way more white people. Where were the white people during all of this? Well, okay. Oh, God. Holy shit. That was aggressive. Um, Phil. It wasn't about white people. It was about... <laughs> that's kind of fucked up. Okay. Um, is all you care about is white people, Phil? Yes. Okay. All right. Um, Phil, other than that, did you think that it was a good story? 
Hot, hot, yes. Okay. Do you guys, do you have any questions for Dr. Phil? Paul Did Daniel? you like the zombies in this story? Fat Mel. <laughs> okay. Did, were they scary? Um, hot, hot, yes. Oh, okay. Would you have liked them better if they were white? <laughs> That's crazy to ask me that question. How dare you? Okay. Well, okay. I mean, you brought it up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're trying to go back on what you said? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Okay. Okay. Well, okay, Phil, Phil. Uh, thank you for being on this episode. Um, we might not have you on next week. Yeah, uh, messed up. <laughs> okay. All right. Bye. Bye, Dr. Phil. All right. Um, that was Ronan Island. Do you know he's racist? Yeah. I, Crazy. <laughs> He's a bit of an asshole. <laughs> <Just so. laughs> is he even a, a doctor? Guy. I I don't you know, think so. I yeah, think that's I actually a I know. I think he is, but he has to like abandon his his like legal soul. <laughs> I, yes. <laughs> um, thank you guys for listening. Um, follow us on Instagram. That'll be in the description notes. Uh, Paul Damien, do you want to say anything about Running Island before we end this? Um. No. <laughs> what are we doing next week? Are we still doing it, Spider uh, Boy? Spider Boy, right? Yes. So next week we're going to be doing Spider Man Life Story Ooh. by Chip Zdarsky and Mark Bagley. Going back to the Darskys. Get ready. Yeah, this is going to be our third time talking about a Zdarsky book. Y'all can tell we love My Chip Zdarsky. <laughs> <laughs> My first um, time. It, yeah, it is going to be your first time. Dude. And uh, I'm actually really excited for you to read this. Me and Ian have both read this, and I read it because he bought it for me for Christmas. Christmas. And yeah. it's, it's a fantastic read. So I Sweet. think it's it's a great Spider-Man story for I sure. I am excited to read it. To be honest, it's gonna be great. Um, so, uh, I yeah. also wanted us to read issue three ten of Peter Parker: The Spectacular Spider-Man, also by Chip Zdarsky. O- only him. I put that. Uh, I put that on the rec- recommended reading as well. Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna have to read that one too, and we'll we'll get it. We'll get it good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> other than that, thank you guys for listening. Yeah. Um, so Spider Man next week. We will uh, see you then. Or we will see you on another time. Bye guys. Bye. Bye. Latest on the menjay. <laughs>